At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Drive. My name is Chad Ozy, and I am joined by Jeff Cross. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm good. I'm here with one eye open. <laughs> <laughs> we both of us had a little late night last night, so uh, yeah, we're we're here, but. We're going to get this baby done in the morning so we can have the afternoon to ourselves. That's yeah. exactly right. You know, and uh, I think that might be a great place for us to kind of launch today uh, as we're beginning to talk. Uh, both of us were traveling back from from games last night, late night. Mm-hmm. And uh, if this is your first time listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast, we don't want to assume that everybody that listens has been with us for every episode uh, but part of the reason we started this podcast in the beginning uh, was because we had this idea of windshield time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times when you're stuck behind the windshield trying to get from place to place, get to a game, get back from a game, get to the next game, whatever it might be. And uh, most of the time, we spend more time on the road than we spend officiating, regardless of what the sport is. Right. You know, if mm-hmm. we add up all the hours at the end of the season, we're getting paid more for travel time than we are for <laughs> corridor field time. Right. And uh, so uh, Jeff had a, a drive back from Ohio uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. I had a drive back from Wisconsin. And just uh, by kind of happenstance, uh, we both, I think we got to our houses within about 10 minutes of each other yeah. probably last night by the time it was done. And uh, it was a... It was a late night. I mean, we got in, you know, well after one o'clock. The next day. Yeah, yeah the, the next day. Well, after one o'clock in the morning, we uh, we got in in the midst of some of the nastiest fog I've driven through in a long time, at yeah. least. I don't know about you. It's pretty thick. And, uh, and interstates being shut down and side roads being rerouted mm. because of construction. Like it just, it was one of those just crazy kind of chaotic things. And, um, a lot of people, a lot of people ask, you know, why, why we do what we do, you know, regardless of the level, regardless mm-hmm. of the paycheck, the whatever, you know, uh, let me just ask you, Jeff, you know, you, you go work a game two states over to get back at one thirty in the morning and turn around and potentially do the whole thing again the next day. You know, what? why do you keep doing that? Yeah, you know, let's just do some math here, right? So I, I left around, because it was Eastern time zone that we were going into, so around 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that's 12, 13, 14-hour day, close to a 15-hour day. Yeah. You know, and uh, granted, only whatever, two hours of that was actually refereeing, but mm-hmm. it's a 14-hour day. Yeah. Um, 
why do we put 14-hour days in, you know, for this advocation or vocation, whatever it is for you? It's got it's got to be um, it it's more of a pursuit to I don't want to say for happiness, but it's a pursuit that you know we we are driven in in what we do mm-hmm. um, because we all know I could have turned that game down and worked anywhere probably within the hour sure at any high school game or whatever that is so it it's the pursuit for what we do. Mm-hmm. There's often people, and, I, and I've said it before, right? Level when people call me crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is a little crazy, but um, it, it was it's worth it to me because well, I was fortunate enough to be able to ride with my two partners. Mm-hmm. So again, now we've spent when you know, we met in Indianapolis, so we spent two hours on the road there, two hours on the road back. We got to, you know a chance to just get reconnected again. We got a chance to you know talk about the plays. You know we were we were actually you know passing the iPad around, mm-hmm. looking at the plays from the game, and you know all that's really good. You yeah, know, we it, it was the the there was the last two hours or two and a half hours by myself, which is where I'm thinking, well, what am I thinking here? Because it crossed my mind, right? Listen, I can just get a hotel here in Indy, mm-hmm. or I can get a hotel in West Lafayette. Because <laughs> yeah. my wife even joked, so you're just going to get a hotel in West Lafayette, or what are you going to do? Because mm-hmm. you ain't going to make it home. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I, I think for me it's just a sense of accomplishment. I, you know, it's it's the the fact that I'm doing what a lot of people would be afraid to try, mm. and I, I'm good with that. Yeah, um, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And um, I, I remember saying this when um, when I retired from coaching baseball and I had our our uh, last meeting with the kids, you know, it's like sports awards or whatever, you know, and I kind of said my last words. I said, you know, I spent the past, you know, so many years coaching here. And, um, it was, it was very, very hard. It was hard. It was almost always hard every day. Some days were harder than others, but every moment was worth it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, how I'm going to look at these, these nights. It was hard. Mm -hmm. Our game was hard. It was overtime. The travel was hard. All that stuff, but when I retire, and they ask me, yeah, it was hard, but it was worth it because we all know hard things. When we when you get it done, it feels so good to have to accomplish it. So that's probably the biggest reason I do it is is um, because a lot of people aren't willing to. Sure, you know, it, I I I kind of think that's cool. Yeah, you know, I I find it interesting. You know, I ask you why you do it, and you know. You, you've talked for, you know, about four or five minutes about that. Never once did you bring up the paycheck. No, no, yeah. You know? Well, now, I'm not sure if my wife would let me do it if I didn't get a paycheck. Sure. <laughs> you know? You know, and, and there's, that, there's that statement, right? There's some people that say, well, hey, I don't do it for the money, but I wouldn't do it for free. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's some, some proof to that in that, um, you know, I, I traveled – about the same distance away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went north while you went east. Uh, so I was up in uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, and the size of the check that I received from my game was a little different than the size of the check that you received from sure. yours. Uh, but there was there was that same sense of accomplishment. You know, I, I did not have an overtime game. I did have a single possession game under a minute with advancements and all that kind of good stuff that in uh, college women's basketball we know means that this is a great tight game um and i remember i I remember as i was driving to and from my game because i I had some crazy construction and stuff on the way and it was just kind of silly i said man you know uh, like today's on the way up it was like man today this this is an ugly day like just it's it's an ugly day trying to get there, trying to do it. It was an ugly day. And then I had the game and it was a good game, good partners, good crew. And then coming back and it was this like just slogging through mm-hmm. stuff, trying to get home. Mm-hmm. And it was all, and I said, you know, it's kind of like the good, the good, the bad and the ugly by mm-hmm. the time it was all done, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I, I almost wanted to create a, 
a social media post last night because we know that's the only way we can document anything in our lives that's anymore right. is by putting something on social media, right? My Facebook does give me memories every day. That's <laughs> what you've done right. over the past 10 years. And, and part of my <laughs> thought was, is, you know what? Um, I, I was going to kind of go backwards mm-hmm. with it, you know? Man, the, the ugly is driving it 115 in the morning through fog so thick I can only tell there's a stop sign coming because of my GPS telling me there's right, a stop sign coming right. up. Like it's the only way I knew. Yeah. <laughs> Word on the street, there's going to be a stop sign. That's right. There. You know, driving 25 miles an hour, mm-hmm. you know, down X Line Road, waiting to to find that stop sign someplace. Mm-hmm. You know, the bad was, um, you know, giving up. 10 hours of my day outside of game time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge commitment. You know, for me total, it was about a, it was about a 13 to 14 hour commitment of a day. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I can be flexible enough with my schedule with, with my other work that I can do that, you know, mm-hmm. and I can, I can be a little flexible. I can't do that every day of the week, you know, as sure. a, as a lower level division, uh, official but but i can do that some and and i have the freedom to be able to do that but but that's that's tough yeah but the good of my day i I worked with two officials in their 20s last night now you add up their ages (laughs) yeah and they're older than me but not by much (laughs) (laughs) okay you barely (laughs) they're barely (laughs) older than me when you add their ages And, and we were on a tough game. It was mm-hmm. a conference matchup. We're at that point in the season now where these mm-hmm. conference matchups are, are really, you know, becoming something. And uh, close game, advancements, technical fouls, like all those little things that could could elevate stuff and, and make it crazy. And I tell you what, my partners were, were great last night. Mm-hmm. They worked great. They communicated great. They wanted to do a great job. And man, to me, that that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Both of both of those guys are going to elevate quicker and further than I will elevate in my career. Mm. Assuming they want to, right? Yeah, yeah. Assuming that's something they want to do, that's absolutely something that will happen. But yet, for me, part of the good was knowing that my role last night in that game was to make sure we got through that game. Mm-hmm. You know, my my role was to be the the calming influence. My role was to, you know, help communicate in and out of some of those situations and things and then, you know, watch those guys do what they can do. And uh, you know, that for me now, that's that's part of the answer of why I do those long drives and yeah. come home at 1:30 in the morning cuz <laughs> I get to have that influence on, you know, another generation of people that are going to do this. Well, we want to have an impact, right? Sure, we do. You know, we want to have, and I talk about it all the time. I want my, I'm always working towards bettering my legacy, and that game last night is just going towards your legacy. Yeah. You know, whether it's that actual game or the things that you learn on how to become a maybe a better leader, how to you know effectively communicate with with uh, uh, newer officials or younger officials. And you take that and, and develop that over the next three or four or five years. Mm-hmm. And now in 15 years, 20 years, when Chad retires, that becomes part of your legacy. Sure. And that's, and that's for me, that's, that's like, I, I, I talked about it for years. And I really am, you know, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I'm able to have a, I, I know it's probably going to be a weird term. I'm hoping that I'm able to have a living funeral. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that whatever. Um, uh, hey, they give me two weeks to live. All right, well, we're going to plan his funeral in one week. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going to be able to become there. I'm going to be able to just and, and say the things that how that how you impacted others. Because we don't know those things. And we don't understand how we are able to do those. And, but we're just hoping that it's that we're doing the right thing. We're hoping that we're taking the right path. And those are those are things that are that are a must for us in anything. Mm-hmm. but probably even more so in officiating. Yeah, and you know, we say that, you know, on the Uncommon Drive podcast, by the way, you can send your questions, mm-hmm. comments, whatever to us at uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. But on the Uncommon Drive podcast, we talk about this being a, a look at 
life leadership and, and legacy, mm-hmm. right? And if if I'm just looking at my life, my selfish life, like what's best for me in the moment, mm-hmm. you're exactly right. I could have worked a high school game last night and at the end of the night probably come out better ahead financially. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, between the gas, the wear and tear on the vehicle, just the hours spent, everything. I could have gone 15 minutes down the road, worked the game, mm-hmm. come home, and and been better off, mm-hmm. right? Just from from that standpoint. Yeah. But um, when it comes to looking at legacy, you know, and who we are and what we leave behind, those kind of moments are... Are important. Um, those kinds of experiences are important. Uh, the way it affects the way we lead other people, it gives us more opportunities and and more things there. And I I think that something you know you've you've made the statement before that you love it when people call you crazy. Mm-hmm. Most people here, okay. Jeff went to Jeff went to Ohio for a game. Got home at 1.30 in the morning, driving 25 miles an hour through the back roads back to a Rome Park, mm-hmm. right? Okay, but at least he got a check, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Chad went and did the same thing. Well, I got a check, you know? Yeah. Th- those checks may be different numbers, mm-hmm. but w- we still did it for what we, what we get paid. Mm-hmm. But what we get paid is more than the check. Right. What we get paid is relationship equity. Mm-hmm. You know, I've now been through, uh, you know, a, a good game. We had we had to deal with some emotions. We had to deal with some, you know, player control and things like that, and all. And so I, I worked with Austin and Cody last night. And now the next time Austin or Cody and I get into a game together, uh, we'll be like, oh hey, we've done this before. Mm-hmm. We know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, not only will hopefully they trust me more, you know, kind of walking us through, but but I trust them because I don't, man, they can do this. Yeah. I've been in a game with them. They can mm-hmm. absolutely handle this. No mm-hmm. problem. You know, um, you had an experience just a week or so ago mm-hmm. where, you know, a, a newer, younger official, at least at that level, mm-hmm. right, on a you know big conference matchup, whatever, all of a sudden you guys end up kind of going through a, a, a situation. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so we were, you know, we started the game, everything, you know, we had everything going good. And then five minutes into the game, one of my partner goes down with a pulled calf muscle. Ugh. Right. So of course we evaluate, right. I mean, how, how are we doing? Trainers are looking at them, just making sure, can he go? Can he not go? Is it mm-hmm. something major? You know, what, what are we looking at here? Right. Well, ultimately, we decided to pick up with two, and then we would make a decision at halftime. Mm-hmm. You know, trainers would decide if you know, and, and obviously the referee would decide if they can go or not. Sure, but right away, you know, when you're working, when you when you're when you're working a hundred percent of your games, three person mm-hmm. for the past eighteen years, <laughs> and that now you take one away, yeah. It's different. Oh yeah. I, I spent many years. I cut my teeth working two man or two person. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done it, but it's it was eighteen. It was over eighteen years ago. Sure. So I, I you know it took some some wherewithal just to figure out what exactly am I doing and and I know we did a lot of it wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. But you know now you just you're like this typewriter with your eyes. You're just scanning back and forth, man. You know, you're just going all over. Right. So, and you got one eye going right, one eye going left. So, um, but my younger official, you know, so now I have to explain to our younger official, Hey, we're going two person. Mm-hmm. Now this younger official probably had worked two person, you know, way recently than I did. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm making that assumption. Um, I don't know how true it is, but they also know that, you know, listen, they're, they're younger just in the league. And mm-hmm. now instead of me having to take or her or them having to take care of their third, I need you to take care of your half. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, basically doubled your, yeah, your it's responsibility. Yeah, a lot more plays. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. A lot more plays, a lot more decisions. Uh, and From a lot tougher angles. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, in, but, you know, we did it. We got halftime. We regrouped. Uh, we, we went back out and finished it up. Now, thankfully, it was a 25-point ball game. Mm-hmm. That helped out a lot. Sure. But all in all, though, I think we did a pretty good job um, considering, the, you know, the disadvantage we were at. And uh, afterwards, we were at the car. We were talking, and, and, and she even said, you know, this is a war I'll never forget, I think, or something like that. I'll mm-hmm. never forget this day. And she said uh, something along the lines, at your retirement party, Jeff. I'm going to be in the crowd and going, remember that time we worked the two person game, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, she even said, she said a couple times in the locker room, she goes, you know, I have to admit that she was, that she felt nervous, mm-hmm. but she said, you know, this is still the moment we're in, whether I'm, I just got to, I got to stay in this moment. I can't get out of the moment. So I got to stay in the moment. And she did. And it was, she was very gracious in saying, I don't have to worry. Jeff's here. You know, mm-hmm. and that, that's felt me, made me feel good. Whether or not she meant it or not doesn't make a difference. But she, she did that. What maybe encouraging me, you know, sure. I, I'm glad you're here on this. I think I know that official well enough to know that she's not saying it if she doesn't mean it. Right. Yeah. You know, she's not somebody that just, just throws words around for mm-hmm. the sake of, yeah. of doing that. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a, a, a definite feeling there. And again, that's part that, that speaks back to your leadership. Mm-hmm. You know that that has has proven out, and then you know, obviously, like you said, it'll it'll affect your legacy someday. And I I think it's so interesting. You know, I've got I got friends of mine right now that are gearing up for the for the baseball season. Mm-hmm. You know, and super excited because you know maybe they've got their first Division One weekend this year, or they got their first Division Two weekend, and um, most of the of the Division Two series. Uh, not necessarily all the the individual non-con games, but especially the series in our area. Uh, most of those are three-person uh, mechanics. We have one major conference; it's still two, but but most of them around around where I'm at are three-person games. Um, the the D1 stuff is all three or four, but most of the of uh, the spots where a, an official is going to come in for the first time into D1, you know, mm-hmm. those are going to be three person games. And uh, anytime you're, you're stepping up to a, a new mechanic, there's that uncomfortability. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, uh, John Brower, who assigns the MIAA and the GLVC for baseball, he says, look, until you've had a hundred three person games, you're not even close to figuring this thing out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of how he puts it. And I used to fight against that. I'm like, oh, I know three person, you know, and I'm, you know, 50 games in. And then mm-hmm. something crazy happens and you really can't adjust, you know, because yeah. you're still going off of, well, if A happens, then I do this. Mm-hmm. Instead of understanding there's got to be some give and take with what we do. And and he's he's pretty right with that. And so once you get past that, then you realize, oh man, I can I can see so much more. I can get better angles. I can be in better position. I'm set up for the steal play instead of trying to catch up to or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, basketball at the at the college level, you know, we work three person mechanics for a reason because it gives us the best looks. It gives us multiple angles. It does all those different kinds of things, and I find it interesting that we take newer officials and we put them (laughs) in the more difficult mechanics Mm -hmm. on the most difficult games. Mm -hmm. Now I know somebody's going to push back and say, "Whoa, whoa, the difficult games are the division one games. The difficult games are the conference games. The difficult games are the national tournament games. Well, as far as national scrutiny, as far as Big Brother Eye in the Sky with the video there and all that, that could absolutely be true. But I would just submit to our listening audience today that there may be no more difficult game than a 7th grade boys basketball game at your local junior high. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is you have your least skilled players. Yep. Not because they're not good athletes, just because they haven't developed the skill enough years yet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have your least 
knowledgeable coaches mm-hmm. most times. Most Again, times, yeah. not because they're not great coaches, but a lot of times that's where new young teachers, coaches are cutting their teeth, mm-hmm. right? And so they're figuring out how to do what they do. Mm-hmm. You definitely have the least knowledgeable parents and fans mm-hmm. sitting in the stands. So you have a situation like that, and now we throw in brand new officials who are supposed to learn how to do this job mm-hmm. on those kinds of games. Oh, and by the way, we're going to do it two-person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that same exact situation where you said, man, you know, now we got to cover half the court instead of a third. Now we don't have the best angles to work on. Um, we'll take a brand new college baseball uh, umpire and we're going to put him out there and say, hey, base umpire, can you just cover everything out there for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need you to run around, right? <laughs> you know? And be there early, please. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> make sure you, please make sure you don't miss that pickoff back to first. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, yeah, but we're going to put you 60 feet away in the middle of the diamond to try to call that. <laughs> That's right. You know? Mm-hmm. Whereas a three person, you got the play coming right to you. Um, I, I find it really interesting that. That's the situation that just sport puts ourselves in. And I know there was a day and an age and a time when the state finals in high school was done with a two-person crew. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It was also done at a time when respect for authority was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It was also done at a time where not everybody had a phone out getting a clip of was it a travel or was it a foul? Right, right. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a different age we live in today. Yeah, and you're exactly right. We are putting these younger officials in situations that it's very difficult to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know we've talked about in a previous podcast about, you know, I'm probably going to butcher the number, but you can help me with that. Um, 50% of the newer officials quit within the first three years. You know, I don't know if that number's correct, but um, maybe that's why. Mm. Because we're, 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 asking, we're asking younger officials who are just starting out, we, what training did you give them? Oh, we showed them a slideshow. That's what we showed them a slideshow, and we told them to make sure they polish their shoes before they go to the game. Yep. We did that, so they're trained. <laughs> you know, and now we say, "Hey, go referee." Even if it's not a junior high game, maybe it's a freshman boys game because mm-hmm. those are two person also. Yep. And and now the coaches are a little bit more experienced, and now the players are a little bit more agile. And here you are trying to figure out what you're, where you're even supposed to be looking, and how you're supposed to see a play. And I, and I know we 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 discussed this earlier in the week, and I'm glad we're talking about it here on air, but. It it really amazes me that some people even do succeed because it is so difficult. Is as we paint this for you for everyone, if if we just think about what we're saying, the fact that someone gets past that that moment that 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 threshold of okay now I'm going to be working three person and then now they're learning it right, mm-hmm. but they realize how better the looks are and how how better you know we can get calls right. Um, opposed to getting yelled at by every mom and dad in the stands and, mm-hmm. and putting every video on social media because you missed a play when you're just trying to learn. Mm-hmm. And my dad used to get, you know, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but my dad, when he was a business owner, he owned a pizza place and a couple different restaurants, and I would help him, and we would hire people that maybe didn't know how to make pizzas. Mm-hmm. And my dad would always say, why do they have to learn on my dime? And, and I think... and. Sure, that's what moms and dads are thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Why do they have to learn with my kid on the on the floor or on the field? Why are they learning now? It, it's just got to happen, mm-hmm. and we are setting them up. I, I wonder what I wonder if we would be better if if we were teaching new plate umpires. If if we were to say all you got to do is call balls and strikes, coaches, you call all the safes and outs on the bases. You don't have to. All I want you to do is call balls and strikes and don't worry about anything else. I wonder if they would. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. 
We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. He developed more as a ball strike umpire, knowing that's the only thing they got to focus on. And then now we... Okay, you've been doing this for 5, 10, 15 games. We're going to put we need you to get home and third now. Mm-hmm. You know. So maybe we're onto something. My guess is none of that will change. My guess is we can't be the first people who thought about this, right? Yep. Um but I am willing to, I'm willing to try and change it. I think it I think it'd be great. Well, you know, you asked the question why why should they learn on my dime, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And we we have this phrase within the officiating world that says the most important game is the game you're on, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, doesn't matter if it's 40-point blowout, if it's two-point overtime win. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's a Division One number one and two in the conference or if it's junior high, the top team in the conference versus the team that doesn't have a win all year, mm-hmm. okay? And that's true. But, uh, and, and we talked about this before, I've been using this phrase at my captain's meetings a lot this year where I've been talking about all the work that the student athletes are putting in, mm-hmm. right? And when I, when I talk to them, I, I don't talk much about what they're doing on the court. I'm talking about all the stuff they do that nobody sees. Mm-hmm. Man, the weight room at 6 o'clock in the morning before they go to class. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting homework done on the bus on the way back from wherever. And, you know, all the kind of stuff that nobody sees. And I just got to say, look, I just want you to know that we see it. Like, mm-hmm. we recognize it. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to give you our best because mm-hmm. you deserve it mm-hmm. for what you're doing, you know. But student athlete implies that there is an educational part to what we do. Mm-hmm. At, at the junior high level, Right. Having a, I'm even going to say, having a really bad official on your game ought to be a learning opportunity for those players. Hmm. Okay? Because let's say they're really bad because they're brand new. Mm -hmm. You know what? Let's, instead of being mad and throwing a fit and all that kind of thing, what if it was in an educational opportunity for those kids to say, you know what, when you when you first start something, you're not going to be great, mm-hmm. but you're going to get better. Because if we tell them that that brand new official should be great, what happens when that seventh grade kid then goes to algebra class 
and he's taught some brand new formulas for the first time. Well, I just can't get it. I'm horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like that referee. He's horrible. Always going to be horrible. I'm always going to be horrible at algebra. Mm-hmm. Well, what if that official that he has at the beginning of the season instead is encouraged and supported and all that, and now he has that same official halfway through the season, and that official is a lot better. Right. Well, maybe I can get better at algebra. Maybe I can't. If all they see is that person being, you know, torn down and ridiculed and whatever else, we're not teaching those seventh and eighth graders to try new things. Right. Because trying new things and escape. If I can't be successful right out the gate, then I don't want to go do it. If I can't get an A plus on that paper the first time. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I think this is a, a big part of what we're experiencing. I think one of the reasons even why older, more experienced officials are not trying new things is because of that fear of, well, they're going to, they're going to get on me. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I had, there was a a thing on the NFHS uh, basketball official site recently where an official was saying, why is it that college officials, and they were talking specifically about college women's officials because of a couple of the mechanics that we do. Why is it that they're using college mechanics on a high school court? Mm. You know, if you're good enough to do college, then you should be good enough to switch back and forth if you're going to take that high school game. And there were some people just adamantly, oh yeah, you should only do high school mechanics on a high school court. To which my basic response was, hey, just so you know, I'm not good enough to do two different sets of mechanics. I know a lot of people that are, Mm -hmm. but I'm not. And I work a handful of high school games. Every high school assigner that I work for knows I'm not going to put my hand up when the ball goes out of bounds Mm -hmm. on an out-of-bounds call on a high school game. And nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Now, the people that do care are the people that are assigning high school postseason. Right. And I don't even put in for high school postseason. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't get enough games to work high school postseason. I wouldn't want to take a high school postseason game away from somebody that's earned it by working all season at the high school level. Mm-hmm. To me, that would that that frustrates me when I see college officials do that. You know? I, I wouldn't do that. But it's this we begin to pick each other. You know, we, we begin to do that and I think it's just a an outgrowth of what we're seeing coming from the stands and every place else. Yeah, you know, we shouldn't be arguing amongst ourselves about how we call an out-of-bounds play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we shouldn't be doing it. That's know? right. Um, and we have shortages. Yes. And now you're going to take away someone who's willing to help. Mm-hmm. Take the night off then. Mm-hmm. No problem. If... If it bothers you that much that I don't put my hand up on an out-of-bounds play, then no problem. I'll stay home. Yeah. I can do that. And so we not only have we got moms and dads and grandma and grandpas yelling at us, we've got coaches yelling at us, and now we got our partners yelling at us because we're going to put our hand up. Mm-hmm. We, we need to be better at just how we communicate, how we handle our adversity, how we try to get, you know, how we lead. You know, if that if that if that's happening on the floor, someone needs to be a strong leader and figure out, you know, how how can we make this work for tonight? Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can be in an office and someone wants to use Microsoft Word to do a document, and I would prefer they use Google Docs. But all I know how to you know this is what I is what I do in my other job. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's find a way to make this work for this week, and then we can go from there. So. Um, Probably a lot of that is just our lack of leadership, our lack of um, willingness to compromise, and uh, maybe our our um, what do I want to call this our our intensity to do what your what goal they're trying to reach. You're afraid that uh, someone doing those kind of things will mess up where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Which it shouldn't, right? It, I mean, it's it's uh, like you said, you're not putting in for those state final positions, mm-hmm. so go ahead. You know, do you want to come out here in white tennis shoes and a and a white belt? And that's I guess that's you, bro. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I know, and I just and and I've always thought that way. Mm-hmm. People are like, wow, those shoes aren't all black. I, said, I don't care. You come out in clown shoes if mm-hmm. you get calls right and wear clown shoes. Doesn't make a difference to me. 
because I'm about surviving through the moment, surviving through our you know, our grind of a season. Yeah. And you're worried about if we got the right patent leather shoes on. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think our you know we just look at things differently. Yeah. It, it's funny. I had a a game not too long ago. One of the other officials was talking about how they got to the game and they didn't have their pants. Yeah. Right. And nobody on the crew was anywhere near the size with a, you know, mm-hmm. spare pair of pants, whatever. Well, they'd worn like black joggers mm-hmm. to the game. Yeah. So that's what they worked the game. In. Yeah, it'll work. And, and they messaged the assigner before the game started. Mm-hmm. You know what? Hey, this is, this is what happened. Blah, blah, blah. There were some people that absolutely tore that official to pieces. <laughs> oh, I can't believe they weren't, you know, they weren't prepared enough to to do that. They should have been checking their stuff. That's unprofessional, blah, 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 right? You know who didn't say boo about it that night? Coaches, players, or fans. Yep. They yep. did not care yep. what pants that official was wearing. Right. Right? So we turned and we're, you know, we're tearing down our own <laughs> right. in the midst of that. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know what? Have we made a mistake? Because I tell you, I've made a bunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and making a mistake and not having a pants, my guess is that official will never make that mistake again. Right. Right? Because they've done it once. Yeah. And we've said our our mistakes hurt. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have them again. Mm-hmm. But we got to find some ways not to take that stuff out on each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's... We, we we hide behind the keyboard, right? And we basically scold someone for making a mistake. And meanwhile, you know, you've made five other mistakes that no one knows about. That's but, right. You know, I think it, you know, I when I see officials or, you know, people that make mistakes and then have the courage to go, whoops, I just made a mistake. It, you know, we need to fix this. I think that takes more courage than just making the mistake and then, you know, we just go on with the play or we go on with the mistake. We don't tell anybody. that that's, There's no courage involved there. Yeah. And because um, that play just happened or that situation just happened to us with last night. We had a foul. Could have went whatever against white or black. Um, called it against white. So that would have been staying here, we'll just say. Mm-hmm. Well, the official pointed, you know, going the other way. You know, and it could have went either way. And that official could have turned and reported it on, on black and gave it, or reported it on white and gave it to black ball. But they did it. They had enough courage to go, wait, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. I could still fix this, and fixed it. And I and I and I even commended that official. I said, I think it takes great courage to be able to say, you know what, put the brakes on. I've just done it wrong, and we're going to fix this because we still can't. Because it would have been really easy just to turn around, report the file on so and so, which would have been wrong, and <clears throat> they would have went away, and then we would have gone on. It would have been gone on as a missed call, so or incorrect call. So sure. I think we need to, we need to um, acknowledge when people are courageous, mm-hmm. like this official who is courageous enough to wear sweats. Yep, they could have said, "I'm not working." Yep, I don't have a uniform. I'm not going out to look like a fool. I'm sorry. You guys can have my check. Split it up. I'm not working. Yep. That easily could happen. But they had the courage to say, you know what? I'll work in these these black sweatpants. Mm-hmm. And I'll have, you know, whatever. So I think we need to reward that. Yeah. As much as we don't want people to make mistakes, we need to reward the fact that they take ownership of it and, and move forward. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've shared this story before, but even if I have, I will, because I think it fits really appropriately here. Uh, when I was in undergrad, uh, I was a, a vocal performance and choral conducting major, which I know listening to a, an officiating podcast right now, you're going, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Course. Right. Uh, you so, know, uh, you said what you were again, and I still already forgot it because exactly I'm like, right. it's, that's it's a lot. Like, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah. So I'd, I'd sing and I'd lead other people while they were singing. That's, yeah. that's it. Okay. So vocal performance and choral conducting and, uh, my, freshman year i was part of a a small group it was a freshman select group and the person that led the premier choir at my college concert choir uh his name was dr arnold epley 
uh, he also led this this freshman group. And this freshman group essentially was the training ground for the big upper level group, right? So think of it as the, the JV squad, okay, right? Mm-hmm. But in this particular situation, the varsity coach is also coaching the JV because he wants them to, to learn the offense the way they're going to run it when they're on varsity, sure. right? Same mm-hmm. kind of idea. Mm-hmm. And so we get into our very first rehearsal and we're, we're sight reading some music. He's got it in front of us. And for anybody that's involved in music, you know, you typically have to learn the notes and learn the rhythms and all that kind of stuff. And so he would sit down, he would give us our starting notes and we would have to sight read this music together as a group. And what he told us was, is that anytime we made a mistake as we were singing, our job was to raise our hand and put it down. And it was interesting what happened. There were people that would make mistakes and they they didn't want other people to know that they made mistakes. And so they wouldn't put their hand up. There were other people, they'd make a mistake and they put their hand up and they'd leave it up and they'd stop singing. Right? Mm. The other people put their hand up, put it down, keep going. And he began to teach us that for the the people that wouldn't admit when they made a mistake, they were hurting the group. And the reason they were hurting the group was if, if we didn't realize we made a mistake, his job was to recognize when we made a mistake. Okay? But if we didn't understand it, it was his job to go back and take time out of the entire group to fix it. Because obviously, we didn't recognize that we'd messed it up. Mm -hmm. So it took time away from the group for him to do that. If we got so upset at our mistake that we left our hand up in the air and we stopped singing, Mm -hmm. well, then we hurt the group because we didn't keep going. Mm -hmm. We didn't get to the end of the piece. Everybody else didn't get to hear the other voices around us and how that works. And so it affected us. But the thing that was great was when somebody would acknowledge they made a mistake, put their hand up in the air, keep singing, keep going, put it down and keep working. Mm -hmm. Because he knew that if we acknowledge and then the even best thing that he would see is put your hand up. And then as you're singing, he'd see somebody take their pencil and circle that spot in the music. Mm. Because now he knew they were going to go fix it. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to take time away from everybody else. They knew they made a mistake. They knew where they made the mistake. And they were going to go back and get it done. Yeah. And I have carried that over to so many other aspects of my life. I think when when you're an official and you say, well, I, somebody says, hey, I, I think you were calling strikes outside the zone today. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Those I were all strikes. I didn't make a mistake, right? Right? That that does not help. Mm-hmm. Because it was obviously incorrect to other people. Right. You know, and, and we're trying to convince people that it's not. And it brings the crew down, right? But when we go, oh my gosh, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Oh my gosh, I made a mistake. And now I've made 10 more because I haven't made the next 10 calls that happened in that, you know, span of time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? The best thing that we can do is acknowledge that we've made the mistake. Own that we've made the mistake, but we keep going. Yeah. And there may come a time where I can come back and I can go work on it. I can fix that. That's what we do as officials when we go to video work. When we, you know, as a as a baseball umpire, I get in the cage and I see more pitches. You know, I go to a camp and I work on my footwork or my positioning or whatever I might be doing. That's where I go back and I try to fix that stuff. Mm-hmm. But that ultimately is what makes us better. And I've, I've always been so grateful to Dr. Epley for, for teaching me that. Because, you know, in my, in my home life, you know, if I have a really bad conversation with my wife and it creates, you know, turmoil and issues or whatever... And I just sit there and beat myself up and I go pout and, you know, run away for two hours. Well, guess what? We haven't figured out how to make that better. Mm-hmm. You know, if I act like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, then guess what's going to happen tomorrow? We're going to have the same exact conversation. Right. You know, but if it starts a dialogue, okay, this, this obviously did not go well. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do we do this better? Um, I, I think that's where we need to be. Not just, not just on the court, not just on the field, but you know, in our, in our day jobs, mm-hmm. as you were told that you might want to keep yesterday. That's right. <laughs> and that's another right. things like that, you know, I mean, I think that's what we want to do. 
Yeah, I think that I, I've never heard that story. That's a really good story, right? I mean, that probably should be taught everywhere. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it should be taught in every classroom, you know, as they as they uh, take every class and as they take maybe every quiz or every test, you know, or every time they 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 study for homework or every practice. Imagine how practices would be in, in a basketball practice. Mm-hmm. And all you do is raise your hand. I made a mistake. You know, I, I shot the layup with my right hand instead of my left hand mm-hmm. and move on. Mm-hmm. You know, the mentality that would be developed there. Oh, yeah. That's that's really, to me, that's that's developing some mentally strong people and awareness of how you react to situations. Mm-hmm. Because we all know our reactions are what's key to, how, you know, what, what just happens and how, mm-hmm. how are we going to react to it. You know, and I've said before, you know, I, you know, I think our our society um, uh, is lacking composure, and I pray for it every day. <laughs> you know that that I always keep my composure, um, but um, it's it's is, is this guy still alive? Yes, I, I think I'd like to meet him. Mm-hmm. Where's he at? Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll be in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> have to get you back in the whack so you can work yeah. the ruse and maybe we can have a Zoom call. I think maybe we should go. get him on the podcast. There you go. I think that'd be great. Yeah, yep. yeah, great story. I like that story. I, I think I I would like to think that I do that, mm-hmm. but if I do it, I'm not sure where I was taught it at. Mm-hmm. You know, besides, it, I've said it before. The only reason I think that I'm a halfway decent basketball referee. Is because I I was a pretty good bat, a baseball umpire. Mm-hmm. I was able to raise my hand and made a mistake. Throw me another pitch, please. Yeah, I was able to do that. You know, and uh, sometimes I'm guilty of spending too much time on the previous pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> don't throw it the first. Come on, throw me another one. <laughs> Get over here, man. I gotta see what I can do. So, and we do that in in basketball. Oh, miss that travel, mm-hmm. and we. When we miss travels, or I'm just giving that as, a, as mm-hmm. an example, we miss travels. Coaches tell us we miss travels. Then we think, boy, did we miss a travel, you know? And now, now we're like, oh my gosh, the fans are yelling, we miss the travel, and and you know, just give me another travel that I can get a chance to get right. But you yeah. don't, you don't have that opportunity. Yeah. They don't show up for another ten more minutes. So, a um, little bit different in basketball, but a hundred percent accurate in baseball and mm-hmm. in in the office you know on the oh, construction yeah. site yep i put a screw instead of a nail mm-hmm. let's go yeah it's yeah, good stuff yeah you know we've we've hit kind of a, a a fun little meandering trail today as we've been talking you know there's this idea that you know a lot of times people are going to look at what we do in the world of, of officiating as being just a little bit nuts mm-hmm. you know they would not give up a 14-hour day and do all those things regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my intent last night had been to grab a hotel no, on the way to my game for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that my hotel was going to cost me an entire game check. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I ain't doing that. I'm yeah, driving yeah. home, you know, or whatever. So it's not just the, the size of the check that makes a difference in what we do. Uh, but it really has to do with the, the pride we take in what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and how it develops us as people. And so, you know, I'm going to encourage you if if you're driving to your next game and you may even be sitting there going, why am I driving this far for this game? I just suggest to you that maybe you're exactly a person that needs to be on that game tonight. Yeah. You know, and you're there for a reason and give it everything that you've got. Pour into your crew. Um, lead well. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're the, the R, the U1, the U2, mm-hmm. lead well uh, wherever you're you're heading to work today. Um, you know, we've we've talked a little bit about this idea of legacy, you yeah. know, and, and and what that means, you know, especially as we're pouring into to newer officials and, you know, that can be pouring into your kids at home. It can be pouring into the intern at work whatever it, it might be. And, you know, our, our legacy really is the only thing we leave behind. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. And, you know, I, I know I talked about my funeral, right? But my legacy, and it just came to me as you were talking about this, my, my legacy is is my daughter. Sure. Who is married and has her own house now. Mm-hmm. Right? And paying her own bills. Yeah. It's my son 
who has a full-time job as a diesel mechanic, what he wanted to do since he was a you know, sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that. And, he's, and he, he is taking the lead mm-hmm. on putting a new house on the property all by himself at 23. Mm-hmm. That's our legacy. Yeah. And not everyone has a kid mm-hmm. that can, you know, but someone, right? Someone that you, you are involved with, whether it be coaching, whether it be your kids, your grandkids, that is going to be, they're going to be a living legacy of what you've done. Yeah. And I think that's important. Um, before we hang up, I want to make sure you hang up. <laughs> before we <laughs> sign off or whatever we do here. Again. We're just on the phone here, that's all. Yeah. You know, I, I know I haven't, re- I know I've shared this quote with you, and I don't think I've shared it on the air. If I have, it, well, I'll share it again. I don't care. But, I mean, and I think it involves everyone from, officiating to teachers to coaches to just anyone in general right Mm -hmm. we are all decent people doing a tough job Mm -hmm. whatever job that is right the reality is our job is unpredictable as humanity is Mm -hmm. and we are just human beings doing it that's all we're doing so if you look at the referee who you know it's a very tough job decent people doing it but humanity is very unpredictable sure and we're just humans doing it. Yeah. So it's very tough to do. And it, that applies to the construction site, to the office workers, to the, you know, the, the bank tellers. You know, there's people, when you're dealing with humans, humans to humans, there's going to be mistakes. And we need to understand that. Oh, yeah. You know, basketball would be perfect if it weren't for people. Right. Baseball would be perfect if it weren't for people. Mm-hmm. Because people are flawed creatures. Yeah. We mm-hmm. just are. And there's times when... The people on the other side of the line are the ones that are flawed. Mm-hmm. There are times when we're the ones that are flawed. Yeah. And uh, and so the last thing that that I'd like to say as we as we wrap this up or hang up, as Jeff was just <laughs> saying, right. as we do that for you here, is the uh, the idea that if you are newer mm-hmm. and you're listening to this podcast right now, and, and that could be newer to a league, it could be newer to a level, it could be newer to a sport. You know, maybe maybe you work. You know college basketball but you're getting ready to go work you know high school baseball for the first time this spring or whatever it might be you know whatever that newer thing is um can we just say from from a couple people that are at least doing this at a at a a a semi-okay level Mm -hmm. that man we see the hard work that you are doing that's right you are doing the grunt work you are doing the tough work Mm -hmm. Um, you're the one going to these these packed out gyms. Now they may not be huge gyms, mm-hmm. but they're packed out with people who have passionate feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on whether or not your whistle or your call goes their way or not. Mm-hmm. And it is difficult, and you don't do it for a lot of money, and you don't get the respect most times that you that you ought to get mm-hmm. just know that at least from here on the uncommon drive podcast, we are not going to be the ones putting you on blast on social media going, why didn't you get it right? Yeah. That's not us. Mm-hmm. We are thrilled with the courage that you pick up mm-hmm. to grab the whistle, to grab the mask, mm-hmm. to go out and work, whatever it might be, whatever sport you're, you're prepping towards right now. I just want you to know we see you, we appreciate you, and you are valuable. Because without you, uh, Jeff doesn't have a game in Ohio to go work. That's right. Because there's nobody prepped to come up and do that. Mm -hmm. Without what you do, I don't come back from a game in Wisconsin last night. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, because it's so valuable what you do. And so thank you for being uncommon. Mm -hmm. Because the common person sits on the bench, grabs the popcorn, and yells at the guy that's out there doing it. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for being the man, for the woman who grabs the whistle, who puts on the uniform, who does the stuff, and uh, ultimately let's all be uncommon together. Yep. And you know what? Hit the share button. That's right. If, if you know a younger official, maybe doesn't listen to this podcast, and you just listen and go, you know what? Some I know some younger officials need to hear this. Hit the share button. Share it with them. Text it to them. Email it to them. Let them listen to it and let them know that they are they're they are noticed by the hard work it is that they're doing. Yeah, have a great week, everybody. See y'all. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.